When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. I have no desire to be canceled. When you speak on air 20 hours a week, though, inevitably, you make your fair share of stupid comments. I am no exception. I uh, would not like to lose my job or be sued or be persecuted or have my reputation ruined or have uh, friends and families turn their back on me because I said something dumb on the radio or because I shared the wrong tweet on X or because 22 years ago I drunkenly made a pass at a, in a bar at, with a, at a co-worker at some point. However, the one saving grace that I would have in being canceled is I feel that there is a better than even chance that I could then get a publishing deal at Sky Horse Publishing. If you read the laundry list of great Sky Horse authors that they've published just in the last few few years, it reads like a who's who of the canceled. And that is why I love inviting the president of Sky Horse Publishing, Tony Lyons, into, stu- into the studio because if there was ever to be a Mount Rushmore of free speech Champions, Tony Lyons would be firmly on that Mount Rushmore. I don't know that we could find three others that uh, that equal where he is on that point. I'm sure if we put our heads together, we could. Uh, I'm very, very pleased to welcome back to the program the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing and the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024, Tony Lyons. Tony, it's great to see you. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Tony I mentioned the issue of uh, of free speech, and this is an issue uh, – I consider myself a free speech fundamentalist. I believe that unless you're overtly threatening someone, saying something like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to burn your house down, I think you should be able to say just about anything. And uh, I have become – very concerned about, especially since this Israel-Hamas war uh, took hold, that all over the West we're seeing restrictions and clamping down on free speech. And I raise this with people that I think have an appreciation for free speech, and it turns out more often than not that they are all for free speech until it's speech that they find repugnant. Where do you view the world of free speech right now in the West. Are you concerned? Yeah, I'm really concerned. You know, when you look at uh, at sort of uh, uh, medical speech, you know, you, you pretty much have all the big tech companies now saying that medical misinformation is anything that contradicts anything that a government official says. <laughs> and, you know, so the idea of 
conspiracy theories or disinformation or misinformation or, you know, all these kinds of things are just ways to stifle any kind of dissent. And this is a democracy. People should have the right to say whatever they want. And like you said, sure, you know, if they're inciting violence, that's something different. But pretty much, you know, people should be able to talk. And, you know, we have a long history in this country of allowing people to say whatever they want to say. And we've had, you know, all kinds of nonprofits out there who in the past used to defend them. And even those places now are not really defending them. And they're, like you said, they're for free speech, except when they disagree with Mm -hmm. it. That is for sure. And this this applies to groups like the ACLU, the Anti-Defamation League, and a number of other groups, right-wing and left-wing. All these these conservative people that were all against cancel culture, they're all of a sudden silent as people are being canceled for saying things that they don't agree with. But uh, we could go down a whole, uh, whole rabbit hole with that. We have spoken a bit about uh, vaccines and vaccine mandates. Skyhorse, your publishing house, published the case against vaccine mandates, and it also published Alan Dershowitz's book, The Case for Vaccine Mandates. By the way, for people interested in uh, Alan Dershowitz, we're going to talk with the director of a new documentary about Dershowitz next hour, so stay tuned for that. Interesting uh, story out of the UK. The Oxford AstraZeneca COVID vaccination was apparently defective. At least that's the claim in this new landmark legal case. I mean, this multi-million pound landmark legal action that suggests that some claims over the efficacy of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine were vastly overstated. As time has passed, are you seeing some of the early concerns about vaccines from people like Robert Kennedy and other Skyhorse authors, sort of vindicated. Yeah, but you're not seeing anybody apologize for the vilification of, you know, doctors like Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone. I mean, these are people who are really put through the ringer for saying things that have been proven to be true. Where do you think – I mean, obviously vaccines is a, a separate uh, category. I mean, the, the clamp down on speech that the big tech companies, that media entities engage in, that's unlike anything I've ever seen. Where do you think uh, we should draw the line when it comes to free speech? This is a question I get pretty often. It Should hate speech be protected speech? If I want to uh, march and say, uh, you know, um, uh, turn Gaza into a parking lot or abolish the state of Israel or all Jews are vermin, should I have the right to say that publicly? Yeah, I don't think you should have the right to say that publicly because it clearly is inciting violence. And you see that all around the country right now. Yeah. And, and all around the world, basically. Um, if people have questions for Tony Lyons, uh, either on the uh, the publishing front or what the presidential race, which we're going to get into in a second, you can give us a call, 800-848-9222, particularly if you have questions about Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s candidacy or if you want to you know, challenge him respectfully on any aspect of, uh, of the one in five Americans that are currently supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and that's actually kind of a conservative 
investment. You are the uh, co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024. This is an entity that is promoting Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s candidacy. Remind us in a nutshell why you're doing this. I've known you for, I guess, about seven years now. I've never known you to really be active in in any political campaign, certainly not at the presidential level. What's so great about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that you've formed the super PAC that you're being so outspoken about? Yeah, so there are a lot of different sides to that. You know, one of them is to sort of look at the idea that, you know, what if everything you've heard about Bobby Kennedy is a lie? You know, what if you're reading hit pieces in every major newspaper day after day, and they're just saying things that aren't true. And, you know, that's a really scary concept that you could read the New York Times, the Washington Post, you know, just newspaper after newspaper, listen to TV shows, and they're going to say Bobby Kennedy is spewing out misinformation, that he's an anti-Semite, that he's a racist, you know, all of these horrible things. And yet none of it is actually true. And so, you know, for a free speech publisher, just on that basis alone, I would say, you know, Bobby Kennedy deserves to be heard and people deserve to get a sense of what he really believes and what he would really do as president of the United States. But I've also known Bobby for more than a decade and I've come to really admire him and I see him as sort of this folk hero who's taken such incredible risk, who's shown such courage you know, to defend people in all different areas. You know, he's gone up against the biggest plastics companies, the biggest big pharma companies, oil and gas companies. He's gone against all the polluters of the Hudson River. He's gone against Monsanto, you know, for uh, for, for Roundup and glyphosate in that that causes cancer, and he won a major lawsuit there. So he's been fighting all of these battles for 40 years. I mean, that's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of lawsuits for free speech, for all of these kinds of things, fighting government agencies. And who else is doing that? So you have politicians all the time who make promises, who say they're going to, you know, drain the swamp, who who claim that they're going to do things to protect the middle class, to 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 protect, you know, 99 percent of the people in this country. But our government officials, our politicians and, you know, they are working I believe, for a handful of the biggest corporations on earth. That's who they work for. And Bobby Kennedy is not like that. He's a populist who would come into the presidency and fight for the American people in a way that nobody's done, you know, in any recent year. I mean, you're speaking my language, and uh, this is exactly one of the reasons why I'm considering voting for him, exactly the the left-right-center populist appeal that you just alluded to. Let me take you back in time about four or five months to the last time you were on the show, though, when I asked you a question about how Robert Kennedy Jr. was running for president. How would you feel if he doesn't win the Democratic nomination, if he were to run as an independent candidate in the general election? I would start off by saying, you know, Bobby Kennedy is a lifelong Democrat and he believes in, you know, Democratic values. So, you know, he's a Kennedy Democrat. He's a Democrat who, you know, would have been recognizable, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But the Democratic Party has veered to the left it's changed in, in fundamental ways. I mean, since when is the Democratic Party for censorship? Since when is the Democratic Party pro-war? You know, so you look at this kind of thing, you know, pro-war, pro-corruption, 
pro, you know, clandestine government agencies, pro CIA, pro FBI, you know, the Democratic Party always stood for questioning authority, questioning power and, and openness and dialogue. So Bobby Kennedy is a quintessential Democrat. So what's changed? He was a quintessential Democrat the last time we spoke when I asked you about him running as an independent. Now he's an independent. What's going on? What's the difference? Yeah, so I can tell you, you know, um, when I said he was a Kennedy Democrat, he's still a Kennedy Democrat, that the Democratic Party has abandoned its own values. So he's running as an independent because the party that he used to be part of no longer exists. So, you know, he had 27 percent of Democrats when he left the party. And they were putting up every roadblock they could possibly put up. You know, they felt that they ought to just have the right in a democracy to just decide who the candidate's going to be. They didn't care what Democratic voters, what Democratic Party voters wanted. They weren't going to give him an opportunity. They were bringing out all of the old Bernie Sanders people and the old Bernie Sanders playbook to just shut him down. And, you know, so... He doesn't want to be shut down, of course, and he's a fighter, and he's not Bernie Sanders. He's not going to run away. He's not going to quit, and he had to find a path to the stage to debate, uh, you know, Biden and Donald Trump, and that's what he's going to do. The um, I I did vote for Donald Trump twice. And until I voted for Trump, I had never voted for a major party presidential candidate, in part because it was sort of a protest vote. I didn't like who the Republican and Democratic nominees were year after year, but in part because I was voting for a vibrant multi-party democracy. And one of the things people may not have an appreciation of is Even if Robert F. Kennedy Jr. does not win or if Joe Manchin doesn't win, but they get 25 percent of the vote, that would allow a third party candidate running four years in 2028 to have the same level of funding that both the Democrat and Republican candidates do. I mean, it's really potentially groundbreaking. And where Kennedy is in the polls, it's where no third-party candidate has been in the polls since Perot in 92, maybe even since Theodore Roosevelt back in 1912. Let me ask you about this uh, op-ed in The Hill by Brian Robertson, who's a literary agent. You may be familiar with him. He writes that the D.C. establishment thinks RFK could win, and they're panicking. Uh, Kennedy's raised millions of dollars from people who didn't donate at all in the last two presidential elections, and this is a sign that he's activating new voters. He maintains a 19% favorability lead with voters over both Biden and Trump. So even though he's leading among independents right now, at least according to favorability, he is the most he's the most popular presidential candidate running, which is pretty astounding. Do you agree with Robertson's take there? And do you think what exactly is the D.C. establishment doing to demonstrate their panic? So I think that, you know, he's absolutely right, that they're panicking because They were saying for the last few months, oh, you know, the Kennedy name's going to help him in the first month or two, but then he's going to disappear. And Bobby Kennedy isn't disappearing. His numbers are going up and up and up. And so what they've been doing is they've been 
orchestrating all of these hit pieces, you know, calling him an anti-Semite, calling him a racist, you know, when they know that isn't true. So they've been doing everything that they could. And in places like New Hampshire, they were making all of these crazy rules where they said if he shows up in New Hampshire, then he gets penalized in other states. I mean, all of these things that are just not supposed to exist in a democracy. So those are the kinds of things they were doing. And they are corrupt. And, you know, they don't represent the people of the United States now. And more than just those polls that Brian mentioned, you know, there's some great recent polls that came out. There's the Quinnipiac poll that had him at 24 percent in all the swing states. And, you know, in uh, in in some of those states, he was actually in everybody under 45. He was beating Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Wow. So, you know, three or four weeks ago, he was beating Trump and Biden in everybody under 35. Now he's up to 45, and that's in, you know, a two- or three-week period. So he is just soaring in the polls, and people are really scared, and they should be scared, not because he's dangerous to people of this country, not because he's dangerous to you or I, but because he's a danger to the corrupt system in D.C. that has to change and that the American people want to change. Obviously, he starts from a place where there's a lot of name recognition, which most third-party candidates don't start from that place. Gary Johnson's not starting from that place. Jill Stein is not starting from that place. Even someone uh, as well-known as uh, Ralph Nader is not necessarily starting from that place in 2000. He's got an incredible amount of name recognition. He also happens to benefit from the fact that he's running against Probably the two least popular uh, major party presidential candidates, maybe of all time, is the high polling that we're seeing for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right now among young people, among independents in swing states and overall. Is that a reflection of people not necessarily knowing about his beliefs, but knowing his name and knowing that they don't like the two schlubs that he's running against? So, you know, I would say I would put it this way. I would say that his numbers would be even higher if people really did know his Mm. beliefs. So, you know, when there's a hit piece every day for three months and somebody's numbers keep going up, you have to wonder why. And part of it is that for people under 45, they don't get their news from mainstream media. So they're not as easy to fool Mm. and they haven't been brainwashed over these past few months and over these past few years. So that group of people get their information from podcasts and from radio shows. And those people have been hearing Bobby Kennedy day after day. He's been getting out there in a way that no other candidate is and no other candidate in recent history has. He is you know, going to multiple appearances every day all around the country. He's all in. He's in great physical and mental health. He's incredibly smart. He's a, you know, a, a voracious reader. I mean, this is a guy who's really, really thoughtful and who, when he speaks to people, he connects with them. 800-848-9222. If you have a question for Tony Lyons, the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024. Jim is here in New York City. Hi, Jim. Yeah, good morning. No, I think people want to hear a fresh voice. They're tired of this vicious partisan bickering. And I think the media is knocking Bobby Kennedy to help Biden. They think he'll draw votes against him as a third-party candidate. 
And uh, my question is, will Kennedy be able to raise enough money to run a good race? And, and will they let him into the debates? Well, I, I, I can answer the latter part of your question because I followed third party uh, politics really my whole life. The current criteria that the Com- Commission on Presidential Debates sets for getting into that debate is polling at 15 percent. If you're polling at 15 percent or more in three national polls, then they have to include you in the presidential debates. So I'll let uh, Tony address the issue of uh, raising enough money to be competitive. Yeah, I would say, you know, the campaign has spent very little money. The super PAC has spent very little money. Bobby is driving his numbers by, you know, his own ability to connect with voters. And he's saying things that really resonate with them and people believe him and they should, because I believe that he is, you know, the first honest, you know, really honest politician in a generation. And I think, you know, people are desperate for that. I mean, 85 percent of young people say they're not proud to be an American anymore. Mm. And I think Bobby's going to bring that back. Bobby's going to bring back a sense of what it really means to be proud to be an American, to feel like we really have a moral authority so we don't have to be the bullies of the world. We don't need 800 army bases. We just need leadership. 800-848-9222. We're going to continue with Tony Lyons in a moment. He's the uh, president of Skyhorse Publishing and the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024, which is uh, supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for president in his independent bid. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Prettier than all the world, and I'm so proud. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. You're only one fellow's girl, and I'm so proud, I'm so proud, I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of being loved by you, and it would hurt, hurt to know. This is The Impressions. I'm so proud. If you ever want to know what kind of music we're playing on this show, you can uh, join our Facebook group. Uh, Just go on to Facebook and type Morano Radio Fans and Haters. That's M-O-R-A-N-O Radio Fans and Haters. My guest in studio is the president and publisher of Skyhorse Publishing, and he's also the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024, Tony Lyons. Tony, let me ask you about an issue that even people that don't like Robert Kennedy Jr. seem sympathetic to him on, and that's the issue of uh, Secret Service protection. Uh, there, obviously, the Kennedy family's issues with 
um, presidential campaigns and presidencies is one that's marked by tragedy. When Ted Kennedy ran against Jimmy Carter, uh, he was afforded Secret Service protection in 1976. This was a question that Michael Smirkanish brought up with Cheryl Hines, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s wife, on CNN on Saturday. Here's a little bit of their exchange. How concerned are you for the obvious reasons? His name is Kennedy. He's running for president. You want him to have Secret Service protection. That has not been afforded. How worried are you, and why do you think he hasn't been given Secret Service protection? I'm very, very concerned um, because of his family's history, um, because of the, the state of the world right now. It's, a, it's scary. And um, it's hard to, for me to say why he hasn't been um, given Secret Service because Barack Obama got Secret Service 551 days out. Um, Teddy Kennedy received Secret Service 441 days out. So it's, I'm not sure why, why Bobby is being denied. Tony, what's your view of the lack of Secret Service protection that's being given to Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? What's the stated reason, and do you think there's a a real underlying reason that's being left unstated? Yes, so there's never been a candidate polling as high as Bobby Kennedy has who hasn't gotten protection from the government. You know, never, 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 never. So, you know, this is a unique situation. It's clear that Bobby Kennedy needs it. He's had, you know, people try to climb into his house in uh, California twice. Um, he's had people, somebody showed up at a party that he had uh, with two guns. And then the uh, LAPD came and, and uh, arrested the guy, you know, so and, and there have been threatening letters. I mean, he is the quintessential person who ought to get protection from the government, who deserves it. And what's happening is clearly partisan politics. This is corruption. I mean, Bobby Kennedy needs to get Secret Service protection, and it's an outrage that he isn't getting it. And, you know, it's, it's a real blemish on our democracy that that can happen, that, that a president can deny somebody who he's running against, who his party is scared to death of, and they're just trying to – to, to give him these little knocks in every possible way. And this is another one of those, and it's not little. It's a very serious thing, and it needs to be fixed, and he needs to get the protection right away. 800-848-9222. We're going to get back to your calls in a moment. My guest is Tony Lyons, uh, wearing two hats here, uh, the president of Skyhorse Publishing and the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024. Tony, uh, what is that uh, book that you're holding? What is that new Robert F. Kennedy Jr. tome? Yeah, so this is a fascinating book, and this really is a tome, and it's 600 pages long, and it's called The Wuhan Cover-Up. The Terrifying Bioweapons Arm race, Arms Race by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, you know, this book is coming out December 5th. It's a really striking book. I, I would like to read you a couple of the blurbs that we got. Uh, one of them is from Tucker Carlson. It says, this book will scare the hell out of you. The scariest part is it's all true. Thank God for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, then there's another one that says the Wuhan cover-up will blow out of the water the international disinformation campaign by U.S. and Chinese government officials and their bribed scientists 
that COVID-19 somehow magically jumped out of the Wuhan wet market. Kennedy's book will provide the ammunition needed for us lawyers to hold them all legally accountable Mm. for the Nuremberg crime against humanity. What is the thesis of the book, that this book, that this virus was intentionally created by the Chinese? You know, it's a very long, complicated story. Uh Um, But, you know, essentially it's saying that the, you know, that this virus was not from the wet market. It's it was created intentionally and it's part of this big bioweapons program all around the world that needs to be reined in and that the American public needs to know about. So this traces the entire history of the bioweapons uh, production program and it's a really sordid and scary history and people need to know about it. And it's it's shocking that this story you know, hasn't been covered in any newspaper, on any TV show in the United States. If I'm a Democrat, I'm looking at Joe Biden and I'm looking at someone that rescued the world from uh, Donald Trump. I'm looking at somebody that has uh, moved forward with the uh, uh, build back better. I'm looking at somebody that has uh, made a lot of strides when it comes to the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act. I'm looking at somebody that has, uh, you know, a lot of accomplishments that they can point to. If I'm a Democrat who thinks the worst thing in the world would be for Donald Trump to come back to the presidency. Why is Biden not a good pick for me? And why is Robert Kennedy a good pick for me? Well, the first reason is that if you look at the polls, you see that Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden really badly and that he's really likely to lose. And so, you know, and if you also look at Joe Biden and you look at his border policy, you look at his freedom of speech policy or the lack of freedom of speech policies, you know, the incredible censorship that he has orchestrated. Um, And you look at his really bad record on the environment after he was supposed to come in and create an incredible record on the environment. So there's not much that I see that Democrats ought to like. And so one of his big things, too, was he was going to get us out of the foreign war. So he was going to Get us out of Afghanistan. And that lasted about 10 minutes. And after that, we're in more trouble than we've ever been in. So, you know, what which one of the promises that he made to the American people did he keep? And I would say very few. All right. uh, Last question I'm going to ask for a while because there's a lot of people eager to talk with you. And we encourage challenging questions as long as everybody's respectful. 800-848-9222. If I'm a Republican or a conservative... I look at the Trump record and I see a record of accomplishment. I see a guy that uh, did away with NAFTA, that strengthened the border. I see a guy that uh, helped bring about peace in the Middle East with things like the Abraham Accords. I see a guy that strengthened the economy through signing tax cuts. I see a guy who reformed the criminal justice system with things like the First Step Act. I see a guy that gave hope to a lot of dying patients around the country with uh, the right to try. If I'm a conservative or a Republican, what's wrong with Donald Trump? Why is Robert F. Kennedy a better choice for me? So I think on many of the things that people really like Donald Trump for, you know, things like freedom of speech, uh, you know, things like having a safe border, things like not getting into more foreign wars, they should look to Bobby Kennedy and say, You know, when you look at something like government corruption, 
what you have with Bobby Kennedy is somebody who's fought these government agencies for the last 40 years. So he will actually go in there with a blueprint of how to fix the problem that Donald Trump pointed out. And, you know, he will also really work hard for many of the same things that uh, Trump did do and, and did work hard on, like the border. Bobby has said many times that he believes that the border needs to be impervious. That doesn't mean that we're not going to let people in. It means that we have to have an organized border policy that makes sense. It's a common sense policy. And he's gone to the border. He spent time there. He's found out things that hasn't been covered in any newspaper. So he went to the border and he interviewed people and he found that it, it's not just people coming across the border from Mexico or, you know, coming up from from, uh, you know, southern uh, countries, from uh, South America, Central America. These are people coming in from all around the world. They're people from China, from Africa, from the Middle East. And we have no control over it. We have no idea who's coming in. And Bobby Kennedy has said he's going to make the border impervious. So there are a lot of things that Donald Trump pointed out that Bobby Kennedy, I think, would follow up on. There are a lot of things that Joe Biden pointed out, like Biden really talked about the environment, but he isn't doing it. And we all know that Bobby Kennedy you know, was the environmental man of the year on the cover of Time magazine in 2010. So he has the tools to actually get these important things done. I have a lot of questions for you, but uh, so do our callers. So I figure we should give them an opportunity to be heard. Uh, Leonard is in New Jersey. Leonard, what's your question for Tony Lyons? Uh, uh, yeah, he said that um, Biden was for wars. Now he's supporting uh, Israel. He's supporting Hamas. He's supporting uh, who? Biden? Ukraine. He's supporting Russia, and he's just the puppet for uh, for China. All right. Yeah, thanks, Leonard. I'm not really sure there's much of a question there. 800-848-9222. Russell is in White Plains. Hello, Russell. Hi, Frank. And Tony Lyons, thank you for all your great free speech work. I'd like to ask you, Tony, if you have, and I feel that Robert Kennedy was unfairly tagged with the anti-Semitic charge, but does Robert Kennedy have a Jewish vax problem? Because he mentioned that theory that the virus could have been tailored for specific populations, Ashkenazi Jews. He was just repeating a theory that was out there without endorsing it. Russ, this is a good question. I want to get Tony to weigh in on this. I, I have okay. heard um, people say that uh, they think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a problem with anti-Semitism. Now, uh, Rabbi Shmuley Boteach was on this program. He said he's the most pro-Jewish candidate ever to run for president. But um, how does he get around that? Because it's not just those comments about how the virus targeting uh, certain ethnic groups more than others. It's also early on some comments that he made referencing Anne Frank and the Holocaust that people felt was in poor taste when discussing the vaccine. What do you think? Yeah, so I think that, you know, this is all just part of the DNC playbook, you know, that they they came out. I mean, it was a fascinating story. So Bobby was about to testify in front of a congressional hearing on free speech and on big tech censorship. And the first thing that they did was, you know, after those comments that he made, like you said, they were from a peer reviewed Cleveland Clinic study. And he was quoting somebody else saying that that there's this incredible bioweapons research problem, like what's covered in the Wuhan cover up that he just wrote. 
And so he was citing them as proof that bioweapons could, in theory, be made to target specific groups. That was his only point. But the DNC was really just in panic mode trying to find ways to shut him up and to take him down. So they used anti-Semitism for that purpose. And I've spoken to a lot of Jewish leaders about just this issue. And what people really need to recognize is that when people misuse a word like anti-Semitism, they're doing such a disservice to Jewish people and to real to the desire to get rid of real anti-Semitism. Bobby Kennedy in no way is an anti-Semite. The more than 100 congressmen who signed a statement saying that they believed he was an anti-Semite to try to have him not be able to testify before Congress. You know, that was just an incredible display of anti-Semitism in itself because misusing that word hurts the issue itself. And is uh, as far as I know, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. doesn't make a habit of dining with either Kanye West or Nick Fuentes, like, unlike some other candidates that might be running. 800-848-9222. Charlie's in Hell's Kitchen. Charlie, what's your question for Tony Lyons? Yeah, very quickly. If Robert Kennedy runs, which he is running, and he doesn't win the presidential nomination, but he sabotages Donald Trump's chances of winning, and we have four more years of Biden or Kamala Harris, in the wake of that four years, might the destruction, the the damage done to the country be so bad that it would be so great, rather, that it wouldn't matter if Robert Kennedy ran again in four years. It's a a good question, Charlie. It's one that I've gotten a lot. Uh, What about that? I mean, depending on where people are in the political spectrum, for people that can't stand Biden, they're terrified that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. may cause um, may cause Biden to win. For people that can't stand Trump, they're concerned that Robert F. Kennedy may cause Trump to win. How do you assuage the concerns of somebody that says his candidacy is uh, is going to cause the person that they really don't want to win, be it Biden or Trump, to win? Well, first of all, that's just people saying that they don't want democracy. You know, what they really want is just to have one party and have that party be the one that they like. Have We're getting that candidate there. We're getting there. be the one that they like. So, you know, it's always easy to say, and people have said it time after time, that, you know, any third party candidate is just going to be a spoiler. But Bobby Kennedy is showing that he's not a spoiler. And there was a Politico story out about a week ago that showed that Bobby Kennedy is actually getting donations and finding voters who didn't even vote in 2016 and 2020. And the polls are sort of breaking both ways for whether he's taking more votes from Biden or Mm -hmm. more votes from Trump. And the bottom line is that I believe that he's going to take a lot of votes from both of them, and he's going to bring out his own voters, people who are just fed up with this two-party corrupt system that's actually just one party, where they're getting people to sort of fight each other, to hate each other, while a small number of corrupt public officials and the heads of big corporations just do things that harm the American public while everybody's fighting each other. And so Bobby Kennedy is this kind of unity candidate who's going to come in at this time of sort of incredible need where this country needs to heal, and we need to heal this incredible divide that's built up so that we can all together end the corruption in Washington, D.C. Tony, if I can ask, I don't know that I know the answer to this. 
What are your politics? How do you identify? Do you identify as conservative, liberal, something else? I know you publish authors across the political spectrum. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I'm a Kennedy Democrat, too, Mm -hmm. in the sense that I'm part of a Democratic Party that doesn't exist anymore. And so I feel, you know, very much in line with Bobby Kennedy's politics, that I'm anti-corruption, anti-war, pro-free speech, pro a strong border, pro constitution, you know, all of those kinds of things. And so, you know, there isn't a political party that really represents those values right now. 800-848-9222. David is in the Bronx. Hi, David. Yes. uh, Good evening, gentlemen. Um, My question has to do with it seems that one of your main strategies is getting RFK Jr. into the presidential debates. Now, there seems to be a distinct possibility that there may not be presidential debates because Trump hasn't participated in any Republican debates, and he doesn't seem to indicate that he would participate in debates after the primaries are over. So what do you guys do then if RFK Jr. doesn't have that spotlight? Yeah, and I'm going to let um, uh, Tony answer, but I'll just point out that uh, Tony's not officially with the campaign. Their super PAC is a separate entity, even though it's supportive of Robert F. Kennedy. But I'm sure, you know, Tony may have some insight into that question. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, so I think that uh, Donald Trump would not miss that debate for the world. I mean, I, I mean, I think he's definitely going to going to be there. So I don't I don't have any concern there. Um, you know, I think it'd be more likely that. Um, you know, that Joe Biden isn't able to really do that debate and that people close to him might prefer that he get sick for that day or for those days because he, you know, he's not really capable of engaging in a, you know, in a in a three way debate on television from what I can tell. I mean, maybe I'm 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 wrong there and I, I'd love to hear what other people think, but that's just been my perception. Uh, but I think it's going to be be a great debate when it happens and it is going to happen. Um, but we are doing lots and lots of other things that are that are not about just getting Bobby on the debate stage. So we've run hundreds and hundreds of newspaper ads, full page, full color, trying to sort of get through all the censorship that's been going on. We've got more than 100 billboards all around the country. We're creating uh, uh, infomercials, uh, a a biopic that sort of goes into, uh, which is about 30 minutes long, that's going to go into Bobby's life as we really see it versus all of the hit pieces that that you can read day after day. All right, we're going to continue with Tony Lyons in a moment. He's the co-chair of the Super PAC American Values 2024, which is in support of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We'll try and get to as many of your calls as we can in the next 10 minutes. This is The Other Side of Midnight, 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Yeah. 
The Beach Boys singing Wouldn't It Be Nice. This is a birthday bumper music selection by one of our biggest fans, Ellen Metzger, who's celebrating her birthday today. You know, if we had our own uh, whack pack of characters, of listeners, of callers, uh, Ellen would be their godmother. She's the only one, and I include myself in this category, she's the only one that everyone that actively listens to this show seems to like. Uh, She is much more popular with our listeners than I am, so if anybody's deserving of a happy birthday, she is, and uh, I'm certainly appreciative of her uh, advocacy for and enthusiasm for this program. Tony Lyons is my guest in studio. We're going to try and squeeze in as many of your calls as we can in the next eight minutes. 800-848-9222. Mary is in Brooklyn. Hi, Mary. Hi. I'm a little nervous. Don't be nervous. Um, I just want to know how what is his Kennedy's views on mental health. Didn't his ex-wife commit suicide? Yeah, that that is true. Tony, you know anything about what uh, this is a real problem that Mary brings up and it's one that I don't know that I've heard many of the presidential candidates address at all either in the primaries or or elsewhere. W- what do you think? I mean, his family has been involved in, you know, mental health research and in trying to take care of people who had mental health problems for, you know, decades. He's very concerned with autism and the causes of autism and and treatment of autism. And then, you know, also all of the drugs that are being given to people, uh, you know, um, with the you know, with the idea that they're drugs that are going to help people who have mental health problems. But it seems very likely that many of the legal drugs are actually causing mental health problems. All right. uh, Thanks, Mary. Larry is in Queens. Hi, Larry. Hey, how's it going? Um, all right, I'll try to get as quick in as possible. Uh, all his, uh, the, the gentleman that's speaking and Mr. Kennedy, they sound like they should be Republicans um, with their beliefs. It's very the same as myself and a lot of Republican beliefs also. Why hasn't he crossed over to the Republican side? I think it would be great on that side. And I'll listen to you. Tony, now. what do you think? Yeah, well, he'll take anybody's vote who's willing to give it to him. And, you know, he's, you know, running outside of the DNC and the RNC because he's he's an independent and he wants this country to go back to a real independent country where the government works for the people, where the lobbyists get out of Washington, where the big corporations don't control government agencies. And it's very hard to do that with an affiliation to either party, because those parties are just taking millions and millions of dollars from companies that are doing things that are not good for the American people. Uh, John's in Brooklyn. Hi, John. Yes. How can we trust Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to be a, a steward of science when, since 2005, he has been the St. Paul of the anti-vax movement? And I note this as someone who, like many people who are secular humanists and pro-scientists, recognize what a grave threat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is to science, technology, medicine in this country. Yeah, so that's a fascinating point, and I really like the, uh, the, you know, the chance to address that. So Robert F. Kennedy is the farthest thing from anti-science. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is anti-corruption, and there are you know, really high-level, uh, peer-reviewed journal editors who have come out and said that as much as 40 percent of peer-reviewed science is fake science put out by the companies that are benefiting from that science. So we have an incredible problem in this country and in this world where it's really hard to get real science. Science has been weaponized to support companies' products, to sell products, and we don't have people 
doing adequate research and protecting the public. So I think it's perfectly reasonable that you have the point of view that you have because you've been brainwashed by a couple of decades of articles coming out that are paid for by these same companies that are benefiting from this fake science. Um, before we run out of time here, uh, Larry mentioned that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. would be a great Republican. There are a lot of Republicans and a lot of conservatives that have called this show when I've said nice things about Kennedy. And they have uh, pointed out that uh, Robert F. Kennedy has a whole history of being what they would characterize as a climate change alarmist. They point out his enthusiastic support for Hillary Clinton in 2016, his long history in Democratic uh, politics, his uh, being pro-choice and um, very kind of traditionally liberal on most of the major social issues. Is he too liberal for Republicans or conservatives that may like him on the border and free speech and on the vaccine issue? So, you know. Bobby Kennedy is a really serious reader and thinker. And, you know, unlike Biden, he is, you know, really able and willing to change his mind if he gets better information. And that's what happens in a democracy is that you have a mic, you know, a mic, a sort of marketplace of ideas. And in that marketplace of ideas, if you're a serious person, you listen to the arguments on both sides And Bobby Kennedy has done that and he's changed his mind on all kinds of things. One of them is is the border. Uh, But he's a real, you know, really cares about constitutional rights. He does care about a lot of the things that Republicans care about. But he also cares about a lot of things that Democrats care about. He's pro-business, pro-science, pro-freedom. And, you know, we should all be for those things. All right. We'll squeeze in at least one more here. Jacqueline is in Brooklyn. Hello, Jacqueline. Good morning, gentlemen. Frank, fabulous interview. Very interesting. Um, I don't have a question, but I would like to make a statement. And although, Frank, you know, I'm a Trump supporter, Mm -hmm. I am a Republican, actually a conservative who is a registered Republican, who likes a lot of what Mr. Kennedy uh, is saying and agrees with a lot of his uh, points of view. I feel that all of his supporters should really rally and protest in support of him to demand that he be given Secret Service protection immediately. And and you gentlemen can't say it, but I can. The whole purpose of not giving him Secret Service protection is to eliminate a very formidable candidate that is competing primarily against Joe Biden. Uh, thanks, Jacqueline. I'll let you have the last word, uh, Tony, on, on that or anything else we've covered over the course of the last hour. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. It's it's really just a, an incredibly unreasonable thing. And, it, and it's shocking in a democracy that Secret Service protection could be weaponized. Um, you know, what we've seen is that that the Democratic Party has been coming after Bobby Kennedy in every way that they can. And it has to stop. Bobby Kennedy is an important candidate, and uh, and I'm happy to support him. Tony Lyons, we'll be seeing a lot of them. Meantime, keep asking questions.